But we are back in week number 10 um, of our series in the book of James, Evidence. And it doesn't feel like it's been 10 weeks. We were in person for a few of the weeks, and then for the majority of this, we've been online. Uh, but we are in week 10, um, and we are uh, crossing over into the third chapter um, there in the book of James. And so I want to invite you right now uh, to take out your Bibles uh, right there with your family, uh, wherever you're at. Uh, take out your Bibles. If you have your, uh, your James journals, uh, take out your James journal. Um, open it up to chapter 3, and let's kind of jump in um, and dive into, guess what, the next text, right? The next verse, the next chapter um, in the book of James. So take those out, and I believe God has something for us uh, this morning. Today's sermon is simply entitled, The Tongue, The Tiny Giant. The Tiny Giant. I struggled, did not want to make anything about midget in, in the uh, title, so I went with the tiny giant, but the tongue, the tongue, um, we're going to be in James chapter 3, and we're going to be in the first 12 verses of this passage, and so if you have your Bibles, uh, let's look there together, um, if you have an app or whatever, look there together, uh, right before we start this, why don't you do this, if you haven't yet, click the share button on Facebook, um, share this, uh, this feed with your friends. And, uh, and that'll, be, that'll be awesome. But we're in James chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. <clears throat> James says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what way he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Verse 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and, and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. What an incredible text, an incredible passage um, here in the book of James. 
James is writing to a group of Jewish Christians. We know that. If you've been following along in our series, you know that from the very first week we established who the audience was in this book, and it is to Messianic Jews. It is to those Jews who are professing Christians. And he wants to talk to them about the importance of and the power of their words, what they say, words that ultimately flow through the tongue, but we know they come from the heart. This isn't the first time James has made mention of the tongue. In fact, if you remember in context, uh, back in the previous chapter, he talks about being slow to speak. Slow to speak, and now he was speaking contextually there about how we receive God's word, but nonetheless, he still spoke of our tongues and how we are to speak. James, his half-brother, you may have heard of him. His name is Jesus. Uh, He also spoke of this and the importance and the power of, of the tongue in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. Uh, Jesus says the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. I know we've probably heard that verse before you've heard pastors or preachers uh, say say that before Uh, but those are the words of jesus christ himself in full transparency this morning i must tell you that uh, this topic uh, is a very difficult topic for me Uh, this is an area of my life where i'm i have to admit that i struggle and have struggled since i can remember Um, i remember uh, back in elementary school Uh, getting in trouble in elementary school for saying things I shouldn't say, when I shouldn't say them, how I shouldn't say them. And I remember one of my teachers sitting me down saying, Josh, if you don't, if you're not careful, you are going to, for the rest of your life, get in trouble for the things you say and the way that you say them. And that man was a prophet. Uh, that, That has kind of been the case in my life. And once again, just trying to be transparent with you this morning, uh, this is a difficult topic for me. Um, my flesh uh, uses my tongue against me uh, oftentimes and sometimes it's not even what I say uh, it's the way that I say it uh, it's the harshness of what it, and, and the way it comes out uh, but other times it is what I say and the things that I say and so I am praying today uh, that this message will not only help you but this message in this text and the, and the word of God this morning will continue to help me Uh, during this. And I hope you understand my heart behind that. So can we pray together this morning? And then we'll dive right in to what God has for us in this text. Heavenly Father, speak through your word. Convict me, God, as I know this is uh, an area of my life where you are continuing to mold me and shape me and to make me become uh, who you would have me to become. And God, I pray that you would do the same in the lives of others that are listening this morning. Uh, God, we do do love you and we thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I mean, I do want to say before we jump in, if this is your first time logging on, listening to, uh, watching our services, we want to say welcome to Keystone Church Online. And uh, there's a link that's been pinned uh, there at the bottom. And um, if you would like to connect further with us, get to know us a little bit more, or find out more information about us, just simply fill out that form. We'll add you to our uh, mailing lists, our text list. We do not blow you up, we promise. Uh, but we do want to add you to that so that you can communicate with us, especially as we hopefully soon begin moving into... Uh, a reopening phase. So anyway, back to James chapter three, James chapter three this morning. I want us to simply see this. Uh, number one, 
the warning to teachers. The warning to teachers. Uh, verse 1 says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. James speaks there of almost the impossibility of someone to not stumble in what he says. He says if you can stu- if you cannot stumble in your speech, then you're a perfect man and you can just you can bridle your whole body. You can take care of your whole body. But Jewish tradition would highly value religious leaders, uh, those that would lead in the church or the synagogue or the tabernacle, uh, those that led in a religious way. Abraham, who was the focus of last week's sermon, if you remember, the patriarch, Abraham, um, he was one of those. He was one of those religious leaders of the Jews, uh, the father of the nation, right, that that they really looked to and they really valued uh, highly. And throughout the years, that tradition has remained intact within the Jewish culture of highly valuing and regarding uh, the, the religious leaders of their culture. But James sends out a warning to those who would be seeking that role of religious leader, of spiritual leader, that they would be judged with a greater strictness uh, than would just a typical worshiper uh, there as a Messianic Jew. And truthfully, this remains in the modern church. Uh, we know from the New Testament uh, we know from the, the from the book of of Titus, from the book of First Timothy, uh, we know that there are qualifications that are given for leadership positions within the local church. We understand that the uh, the office uh, of deacon, of elder, of overseer, bishop, pastor. We understand those offices bring with it some requirements, and those requirements are requirements that are above and beyond the requirements of a church member. A church member must be uh, saved and baptized and and line up with the teachings of the church, right? I mean, it's simple as that. Like, I'm saved, I'm baptized, I agree with the way you guys do things and teach. Let's go. Uh, But the qualifications of a leader, a deacon, an elder, a bishop, an overseer, a pastor, whatever you want to say there, those qualifications are much uh, stricter. Uh, There's a longer list of those qualifications because uh, we understand the general rule and principle that those that take religious leadership, spiritual leadership within any sort of an organization, uh, there's responsibility that comes with that. Uh, There is a little bit of a greater strictness that we will be judged by. And I will say I appreciate uh, Keystone Church and the, the mercy and the grace that you show myself and the other leaders within our church. But we understand and take seriously the fact that we, we are held to a, a higher standard. And we understand that. We embrace that. We're okay with that. Uh, we're also grateful when you show us mercy and grace when we fail because we will fail. We have failed and we will fail at some point in time in the future. And so uh, while we understand and appreciate the grace, that does not negate the fact that we have a responsibility to hold ourselves sometimes to a higher standard uh, than we would because we're in leadership. Truthfully, with any sort of leadership, in any area of your life that you become a leader, uh, with that responsibility or with with that privilege of leadership comes the responsibility 
of living up to the expectations of a leader. And those are not easy. We must accept those. We must embrace the responsibilities that we have um, as leaders. But James gives a clear warning here. He says, hey, listen, if you think you're going to be a spiritual leader, if you think you're going to be a teacher, you think you're going to open up uh, the Bible and, and, and you're going you're gonna to teach and you're going to lead people uh, through the scriptures, you must understand that you're going to be judged with greater strictness than others. I believe this applies not only to the words that we say, but it applies to the, the way in which we live, our conduct, um, our lifestyle. Um, but I believe it does specifically even speak to the words that we say. And so this morning... Uh, as you maybe are sitting there and you say, well, that doesn't apply to me right now. Well, it may not apply to you right now. It applies to me. Um, it applies to some others within our church. But you never know um, how God is going to use you to lead and influence in a spiritual way, in a spiritual manner um, within our local church in the future. In fact, God is already using you if you're a parent to spiritually lead and religiously lead uh, in your family uh, to your children. And, and so we need to understand that with that comes a little bit of a, a, a greater strictness, right? Uh, we can be judged a little bit uh, a little bit stricter because of our position as leaders. And I just want to say this morning to embrace it, accept it, uh, thrive in it, equip yourself in it, um, study it, uh, study, study the life of Joshua uh, in leadership. Uh, study, study the transition from Moses into, into Joshua. Study, study uh, Elisha and Elijah. Study those different uh, leadership principles within God's word. Study Jesus, the greatest leader of all time, the one who led uh, the 12 disciples, the three close disciples, and then the multitude of followers. But James gives a warning to teachers here. And his warning is, if you're going to teach, if you're going to lead, you must be prepared to be judged with a greater strictness. But secondly, I want us to see this kind of the meat of today, and that is the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. Look at, look at verse 3. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. That they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force to set ablaze by such a small fire. If you think about it this morning, church family, uh, the bit in a horse's mouth, the rudder on a ship, uh, in comparison, they are so small compared to everything going on around them. You don't go to a large ship and you don't walk up to that ship and the first thing that you say is, hey, can you show me the rudder? I really want to check the rudder out. Uh, you don't walk up to a horse, a beautiful horse, and instead of patting that horse on the side and, and admiring the beauty of that horse, you don't go, hey, let me see the bit in that mouth. Can you take the bit out? Let me, let me check out the bit in that horse's mouth. And we don't do that. They, they're oftentimes small and seemingly you know, meaningless uh, in the grand scheme of things, or, or so we think. But when we understand the influence and the power that those small items possess, the bit in the horse's mouth, the rudder on a ship, the power and influence that they possess, we can grasp a greater understanding 
of their importance. So it is with the tongue. Just like a bit in the horse's mouth that can be pulled one direction and that entire horse will move to the right. Just like that rudder with just a steer can just turn that ship to the left or to the right. So our tongues, our tongues can turn our lives to the left or to the right. So our tongues can turn our lives toward destruction or away from destruction. So our tongues can turn our lives toward life or away from life. The tongue, the tongue, the severity, the severity of the tongue. Look at verse 6. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. Verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. I want you to understand and I want you to to, to look back at the statement in verse 8. No human being can tame the tongue. The severity of the tongue. Think about that. In our flesh, we cannot tame it. We cannot. So what is the only other option? The only other option is to be led by and to be governed by and to be completely controlled by the Holy Spirit of God that works within us. That supernatural power that the Holy Spirit can give us to resist our flesh, to resist the devil, to resist the urge that we have inside of us. It can only come through him because no human being can tame the tongue. Well, Josh, I've been working on it. I really have been working on it. Well, if you're working on it in your own power and you're working on it with your own might, this morning I have to tell you, you're gonna be unsuccessful. You're gonna be unsuccessful. The only way we can truly work on it is by yielding to the Holy Spirit. Because in our human flesh, we cannot tame the tongue. The power of the tongue. An incredible illustration was given. The bit, the rudder, and we saw the severity of it. It's severe. Untamable. Untamable this morning. I don't know about you, but I've seen relationship after relationship after relationship destroyed based upon what comes out of the mouth i've seen lifelong friendships severed because of what comes out of the mouth i've seen great women and men that have been humbled and broken down as a result of what comes out of their mouths. In 2020, in the day and age in which we live, we must be even more careful. We must understand that some people in the past, before we had technology and before everyone and their mother had a smartphone and social media, hey, people made mistakes, said things they should not say, asked for forgiveness, what have you. 
Now you do that and it's public. It's public. Um, and I want to encourage you this morning to understand the severity of the words that you say. I'm sure you've heard this before. I know you have. Uh, my mom and dad used to tell me this growing up. Words are like toothpaste, right? Once, you, once they come out, they cannot get put back in the tube. Once they come out of this mouth, listen, you can apologize. You can say whatever you want to say. You can ask for forgiveness. You can have some people around you that are so gracious and so merciful that grant you that forgiveness. But at the end of the day, you cannot ever take those words back. You can't do it. It's impossible. So I want to encourage you this morning to understand the severity of the words that you say. People are encouraged or discouraged. People are given life or they're given death so often through the words of other people. And thirdly, tonight, I want us to see this this morning, tonight, whenever you're watching this. I want us to see the challenge of consistency. The challenge of consistency. Look at verse 9. James chapter 3, verse 9. Look at the text. With it, this is the tongue, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Wow. With the same tongue, we will bless God, bless the Lord. Man, the Lord's been so good to me. And yet we'll turn around and we will curse people who are made in the image and the likeness of that God we just blessed. Look at verse 10. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? We know the obvious answer to that question is no. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? We obviously know the answer is no. Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. The challenge of consistency. The same mouth. Can I just want to praise the Lord this morning. I just want to thank God for all he means to me. If we had testimony time right now, man, we raise our hands and out of this mouth, we would proclaim the goodness of God over our lives and we would thank him so much for saving us and so much for the family that he's given us. And, and we would thank him and praise him and give him honor and give him glory. But yet... James says that same mouth will then turn around and see someone who's made in the image and the likeness of that God we just praised and we'll curse them. Uh, we may not use modern day what curse words would be, but we'll, 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 we'll speak derogatory remarks toward them. Hey, we'll, uh, teenagers, young people, kids, we'll, we'll bless God in connect group with Pastor Jeff, but we'll curse mom and dad an hour later. Hey, we'll bless God on Sunday morning, but we'll curse our spouse on Tuesday evening if we're not careful. If we're not careful, the challenge of consistency. 
it's been that way throughout all the of humankind. Uh, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13, the Lord said, this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. They draw near me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. In fact, Jesus quoted that exact verse in the Gospel of Matthew as he was rebuking the Pharisees. The Pharisees were coming to him and trying, as they always did, trying to back him into a corner and and trying to judge him and, and the motives that he was performing all these great deeds with. And Jesus said, these people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. Maybe this morning that's a good adjective that we could use to describe those of us who lack consistency in our speech. Those of us who allow blessing, praise God, and cursing, speaking against those made in his likeness, out of the same mouth. That word, pharisaical. Just like Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew where he was dealing with the Pharisees. And he said, listen, you say you love me, but your heart's far from me. Hey, that's probably a good adjective for us when we are double-tongued. It's probably a good adjective for us when we struggle with blessing and cursing proceeding from the same mouth. Pharisaical. Acting as though we are a Pharisee. This morning, that's not a, a group I want to be in. This morning, that's not a group that I believe, obviously, God wants us to be in. But that consistency, it's a challenge. It definitely is for me and for you. I want to close this morning by asking you some questions that I want you to honestly answer in your own heart and in your own mind this morning. Simply this, number one, does your walk match your talk? Does your walk match your talk? Are you a consistent follower of Jesus? Now, if you're like me, your answer can't be, yeah, 110% of the time, all the time, for sure. If you're like me, it's, I really hope that my walk is matching my talk better today than it did yesterday. I hope that my walk is matching my talk this year better than it did last year. I hope that I'm growing closer and closer to Jesus as my walk matches my talk. So number one, does your walk match your talk? Number two, does your talk match your talk? So what do you mean by that, Josh? Do you find yourself Sunday morning blessing and praising God and Tuesday night cursing your kids? You say, I don't curse in front of my kids. That's fine. You understand what I mean. Do you find yourself on Sunday morning blessing God and praising God 
And then Sunday night, talking back to mom and dad. Do you find yourself on Sunday morning blessing God and praising God and then Thursday morning at work cursing the boss? Does your talk match your talk? Or do we find ourselves in a double-tongued situation? Whereas James says, out of the same mouth, same mouth, comes blessing and cursing. That ought not be so. And then thirdly, question I want to ask, is your speech regulated by grace? Is your speech regulated by grace? Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6, Paul says this, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person is your speech regulated by grace i must admit there are times throughout the week multiple times i find myself in a position where i have to be honest and say man what i just said was there was no grace involved in what I just said. There are times when I interact with my spouse and my children where I have to be honest and say there was no grace being shown. My speech was not always gracious. And I ask of you today, is your speech regulated by grace? If you're like me, I need a ton of help in this area. If you're like me, I need God's help in this area. If you're like me, I need to rely upon the Holy Spirit of God that dwells inside of me, that is so supernaturally powerful. I need to dwell, and I need to, to focus, and I need to give my full attention to the Holy Spirit in this matter. Because that is the only way that I will find victory over this tiny giant. It's the only way that you will experience victory over the tiny giant, the tongue. Our speech, the words that we say, the only way to experience victory over our tongues is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we know that. We know it because in verse 8, it tells us no human being can tame the tongue. And you know what? Maybe God has us right where he wants us. In a place where you and I have to be honest and say, God, this is an area in my life I cannot tame. I cannot bring this area under subjection. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit of God is the only answer. It's the only answer. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to challenge you this morning to seek the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance in your life. I want to challenge you this morning and I want to urge you this morning and push you strongly this morning to take steps to spiritual maturity 
You know what that looks like? It looks like walking in the spirit so that we do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh in relation to our speech, in relation to our relationship with our tiny giant, the tongue, walk in the spirit and you will not say the things that you should not say in ways that you should not say them. Walk in the spirit and you will not allow the untamable tongue to rule and reign in your life. This morning, man, this was hard-hitting to me. I believe hard-hitting to many. This was definitely addressed to those who named the name of Jesus. Extremely practical this morning from the book of James. But the book of James, and this is just another layer of it, is simply outlining what it looks like to have a real faith. It's simply outlining the evidence that's the title of our series the evidence that should be in the life of someone who is a true follower of Jesus and I want to ask you this morning are you a true genuine authentic follower of Jesus I didn't ask you if you were perfect I didn't ask you your church attendance record I didn't ask you if you if you can name the 12 disciples or you know, you know uh, how the Old Testament books in order. I didn't even ask you if you can, you know, spell Zephaniah properly or pronounce Habakkuk. I did ask you if you had a genuine, real relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you a follower of him? If you're not this morning, I want to invite you into that most important relationship the most important relationship you could find yourself in, and that is a personal one with Jesus Christ. He came, he lived on this earth, he died the death on the cross that a sinner should have died. And by the way, that's you and that's me, sinners. He died the death that we should die. But he didn't stay dead. He rose again three days later and he rose in triumph and victory over death, over sin, over the grave, over hell. He rose in victory for you. He rose in victory for me. And it's because his because of his resurrection, he gave us his Holy Spirit. That ties back directly with what we're talking about. Because we can't tame our tongue. The Holy Spirit can. But you only receive the Holy Spirit when you put your faith and your belief and your trust into Jesus Christ and into him alone. And that's what I'm asking you to do this morning. Put your faith, your belief, your trust Surrender to Jesus this morning. Listen, he wants to give you an eternity in a place called heaven as opposed to an eternity in a place called hell. Listen, he wants to give you his Holy Spirit to come in and to completely transform your life. He loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. This morning, I invite you into a relationship with him. Right there where you're at, would you simply word a prayer or something like this? Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that in my sin, I am separated from God. Right now and then in eternity, I'd be separated from God in hell. But today, Jesus, I repent of my sin. 
I believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I put my faith and my trust in you, Jesus. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I give you my heart. Help me grow in this newfound grace and love and mercy. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and all around the world. Visit keystonerdu.church to get involved.